0: Stock rig to full blown LS powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offroad Podcast. I'm Derek. I'm
1: Mike, and you're listening to episode 184. Mike, we did it. We did it. It was just a regular old intro. We did no. Well, yes,
0: we did the intro, but what else did we do? Oh, we we did off roading
1: things. That's true. I was gonna say we went off road, but only some of us have been off road. But you did off-roading things. I did. I I didn't do any off-roading things. I wrote a check.
0: Well, and
1: picked <laughs> up an off-roading thing. I picked up an off-roading thing. I'd say we'll start there. But let's
0: uh let's go through the uh the old check list first of all.
1: Read. Not trying to smoke windmills. That's a triptych beer. That's from very far away from you.
0: It is. It's the last one. And uh, got it in my complete off-road
1: koozie. Hell yeah! Here we
0: go. Here we go, everybody. This is gonna be a great episode. Fuck! It didn't record that. Did I, it? I heard
1: nothing. Yeah, your sound suppression is too good.
0: I gotta remember to turn that off before I crack it and then turn it back <laughs> um, on when I
1: start talking again. Yes, you do. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? Oh, Look it's a little nothing. red. You've been drinking for a while. Dude, I don't know why I'm almost red anymore. I feel like everyone thinks I'm like <laughs> out in the sun a lot. I think it's just the way I am now. I'm uh drinking Three Floyd's gumball head. It's an American wheat pale ale. It's from Munster, Indiana, so it's fairly local to me. And uh you can get it everywhere and it's most of the beer is pretty delicious. So
0: yeah, I've that's been, a good uh, one.
1: Real pleased to find a, a good brewery that's near Ish me.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Three Floyd's got a lot. And actually it's like the they got a lot of IPAs, which is Probably not typical for Midwest breweries, but
1: um, it, it's becoming very typical for Midwest breweries because well, everybody loves
0: them IPAs. It's just typical in general. OK, so not Giants, but Windmills is a double IPA with milk, sugar, tangerine puree and vanilla mm. beans. And it sounds mm. better or it tastes, better, it than tastes it better than it sounds. Absolutely. The beer and he's sounds, drinking is so good and it sounds good and it is so good. Um, I do think this one is a little bit old, but it's still fucking tasty. Has it lost some of its
1: zest, Derek?
0: Yeah, I think it's lost some of its um, tangerine-iness, maybe.
1: Oh, this is a little dull. Flater's a little dulled.
0: But it's still sweet, so I'll take it. It's good. Dude, I was saving it for a special so occasion. Fire. And this is my... I completed the Rubicon beer. OOP! spoiler alert. Derek. <laughs> Sorry.
1: That's Just okay. Kidding. We knew They're you were going.
0: They're going to know when they read the description.
1: <laughs> They're going to know when they listen to seven episodes of this at least two <laughs> i'm just messing around but yeah i'm sure you have lots of content from the rubicon i can only imagine
0: it was epic as fuck uh we trying, trying to type and talk at the same time just i want to take notes sorry for the language i guess we're not on the patreon but i'm very excited um of course you are it was epic so um yeah but before we get into that uh
1: What's coming up? The complete off-road experience, a.k.a. Kinder note is coming up. Maybe when you're listening to this, uh, (laughs) as it turns out, both our producer and Steven are going to be busy this week. And so Derek has got to try to figure out how to upload this podcast. So if you're listening to this, it probably means that Derek figured it out.
0: Well, I figured it out Um, But if you're listening, you'll listen to it eventually. But if you're listening to it before Caternote starts,
1: which is the 14th, 15th, Uh, the 14th,
0: 14th um, of September, then I figured it out. If it's after the 14th, then I did not (laughs) figure it out.
1: Only time will tell. But I hope you do get it figured out. But that is coming up really soon. Uh, It looks like we're going to have some nice weather up in Iowa. Heck yeah. I have a wheeling rig, which is pretty important. Ooh, Tell us about that wheeling rig, Mike. Oh my God, how do I even? Did Everybody you, knows did, Snow Day. You finally scrapped Snow Day and just started over, right? With I started Jeep. over. With I've secretly Jeep. been building, yeah, Jeep, my least favorite thing. <laughs> I've been secretly building a JKU <laughs> with a 20-inch wheels and 33-inch tires. And it's got a dash full of ducks.
0: Hell yeah. Did you buy it like that? Or did yeah, you populate the ducks yourself?
1: No, no. People gave me the ducks because I parked in the Walmart parking lot on a curb, Hell and yeah. uh, and the wheels and tires were on it uh, when I got it. But I paid extra for that at the dealership. Nice. So, like, they were like, "This is like a fifty-eight thousand dollars Jeep, and we're going to charge you only seventy-two thousand <laughs> because it's got wheels and tires." And I was like, "I, I don't know. I mean, I guess can I finance this for?" 10 years and they were like, yeah. I was like, sweet, and we all high-fived and everyone in finance was popping a bottle of champagne. I don't know what they were so excited about. Yeah, right. <laughs> but whatever.
0: And the interest rate was like what, 8%?
1: Yeah, I think it might have been 9, but I was oh, I was happy. Okay. I was that's, happy. That's pretty
0: good these days.
1: Yeah. You should see all the ducks I have. That's what really matters.
0: Yeah, one duck for every $10,000 of
1: interest that you'll pay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was like 30. So Dude, the <laughs> other day though, I picked up some groceries so hard. Dang. Yeah, I had the tire shine on there. People Dude. were like, damn.
0: <laughs> this <laughs> is sorry. fun. I like this <laughs> fun alternate reality. <laughs> Mike's Soccer just like, moms are
1: winking at me and shit. Yeah,
0: shit. Patty shit. was like, yeah. She was like, dang. Time for another. Yeah, kid. Patty was like, I'm
1: glad you got rid of that clapped out piece of shit and got into a Jeep.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: uh,
0: okay, but I've seen the pictures and Snow Day looks
1: epic. It looks so good. The, the, it's so hard to describe how I feel about the way Snow Day looks. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love it, is the way, but if you look at it from far away, it's almost like nothing happened because it's so subtle. But when you see that it's there, it's just right. I mean, is- it is so tight to the cab, it's so clean, it flows over the cab beautifully. The, the double single roll bar, like functional roll bar, gives it that nineties look. It's just it's just so choice.
0: That's it it I also am having trouble describing it. I mean it's it's just perfect, right? It's just because beautiful. of the reason because of the reasons Mike said and we'll post well, actually, where can they find pictures
1: of it? <laughs> So I was going to eventually, and a lot of you guys probably, if if any of you follow Limitless Fabrication, you may have already seen the photos. I've been trying to hold off posting until after we had this episode so I could describe it. Mm -hmm. But instead of me posting, which I could, go to Limitless Fabrication's Facebook page or Instagram. Bray did a great job of outlining basically the entire build with descriptions and photos in the process. And it pretty much just gives you the full rundown of the cage. I don't think I could do a better job myself. So just check out Limitless Fabrication and uh, see what's up.
0: And that is at Limitless Fabrication. No spaces, no underscores for Instagram. And then I guess Facebook is probably you can just search Limitless yeah, Space just, Fabrication.
1: You got it. First thing that comes up. And he's posted all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's all there.
0: He's he's posted all kinds of stuff. He's explained like what his thought process and like why he did things the way he did, based on like Mike's needs and wants and everything. And uh, the sad part is, you will never have a cage done by him again, probably because he was like, "I think this is too much for." A, yeah,
1: it, one it man. Took him, the
0: big the big jobs are tough
1: for one. man. It didn't take him a year and a half, but it took him a year and a half to get it done. Right. Um, but yeah, obviously he's doing it by himself. Uh, around the time that he started the project, he had a kid. So did I, which was the big reason that I was not in a hurry. I was like, dude, I get he, it. He had a He had a very, very preemie. That's true. Um, he had a very, very so mature like, baby. So there's a lot of drama there. Yeah.
0: Um, that took him away from all fabrication, not just the cage, but all of his limitless fabrication work. So, um, but his, his son is alive and well, and very healthy from what I can tell. So yes, we happy about that. But man, the cage is awesome. I'm just I'm looking at the pictures again, and I'm like, God, dang it! Like the welds are perfect, stacking <sighs> dimes. The lines are perfect. It looks good. The brave and trim the fenders, so Mike didn't have to do it. Like, and it just it just slips down into the fender, and it's 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 so subtle and so perfect and so beautiful. Snowday looks amazing.
1: It is so subtle like I love that I just like you walk up to it and you almost don't even notice it's got a roll cage you're like oh is that a bar running up the A pillar like what's going on no, right? <laughs> here it's just man do I love this cage
0: you should have painted it camo then people really couldn't see it Just painted it,
1: painted it very 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 faded quasar blue metallic <laughs> <laughs> so it just matches the truck you can't even tell it's there at all <laughs> that'd be really hard to upkeep but man that would, be, that would be interesting I think flat black will work I think so too We even talked about doing an X on the interior, like kind of a very skinny X that runs up to the ceiling. But Bray Mm -hmm. had a better idea because, of course, he did. And instead, there are uh, two bars that are almost like as far out as the, the edges of the cab, like running down next to the B pillars and then two smaller bars. And you'll see these that run from those down to the floor. And uh, it just alleviates a lot more room in the back seat. So if I did, for some reason, need to have a backseat passenger, they would actually be able to exist back there and not hate their life.
0: That is super cool, and like I'm actually quite jealous because I I, I did a full interior cage, and deleted the extended cab seat, and now I'm like kicking myself for it, um, and like wondering how I could somehow continue my my internal cage out the back above the window, and then reinstall the rear seat and do a cage that's like in the front of the bed or do an x you know c pillar wall that's in front of the bed but just just like this maybe not yeah. with the double hoop because that's super 90s but <laughs> yeah he did a really good job and it's just, it's so functional it's just it's it's perfect man i'm excited for you and i'm excited to see
1: snow day wheeling at core i'm really excited to wheel it's been well a year just about a year because we wheeled september of last year so sorry. No no real changes to Snow Day. Um I did bring it home, change the oil. I did a few minor things here and there. Uh nothing really noteworthy. Um I did get my my ORA fire extinguisher mount finally mounted. I mounted it to the interior cage. Nice. And uh I said I was gonna buy an ORA packout cup mount for it, but I was expecting to have like this bar between the passenger and driver, and now I don't, and so I'm not sure where I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna have mm. to like fabricate a console or something. Yeah, that'd be dope. Because right now it's got the plastic stock, like 90s console, which don't get me wrong. It's okay, but it's pretty flimsy. So like when you off road, it like jounces around a lot and it could really stand to be more sturdy. So yeah, you should do that. Do that and incorporate a pack out cup mount cup holder. That would be. sick. All with time, all with time. Right now, I'm just excited to get it back on the trail and actually do some wheeling.
0: So speaking of getting it back on trail and do some wheeling, what kind of prep work are you doing? Obviously, you mounted the fire
1: extinguishers, so that's awesome. Ah, shit, almost nothing. Like I said, I, I changed the oil. I put it up in the air work. you know, did just a quick bolt check. One of my U-joint caps had spun a little bit, but I've done the inner circlips. Um, I have not rewelded it. I'm not sure I'll even have time. Uh, left front shock is leaking. I called up Chris to complete off-road. And told him, and I was like, what can you do? And he's like, well, I can have them here by Thursday. And I was like, great. I'll just install them when I get there. So there you go. That's nice. It's not Look. just leaking. It's like leaking so bad that it's actually leaving a puddle under the truck. Like the shock <laughs> is like, like I actually got it on the lift at work. And I was looking at the shock and you can actually see bubbles coming out from the, the shaft seal.
0: Wow. So it's almost yeah. empty.
1: It's probably almost empty. And I thought to myself, it'll probably be fine. But I was like, yeah, but I kind of want to have damping when I'm on the trail. So
0: that is some foreshadowing for what I'm about to talk about, but we'll get there. <laughs> or not so. foreshadowing, but it is correlated to what I'm about to talk about.
1: Anyway, I don't know. I don't know words. It's fine. It's fine, Eric. Here, let me, let me tell you. I can give you the rundown because I think I actually wrote down everything I did to the truck because I'm a CD like that. Nice. Okay, Snow Day. What, did, what happened to Snow Day recently? Well, since it's been to Core... No, last year at Core, I had the UGR deleted from the the computer, because it's got a two free flow. The exhaust is too free flowing and it sets the GR codes. and There's nothing you can do. So I had a guy delete it. Great. That's done. Um, I changed the oil. I removed the CB radio, which I'm going to be giving away at core because I have no use for it. Nice. Uh, the left mirror glass fell out at core last year. Uh, I was at a local O'Reilly auto parts and I saw they just had an OBS mirror glass on the shelf. And I was like, well, that's a sign. So I bought it, installed it uh one of the grill reflectors was broken so i replaced both of those i could they were like five bucks each it was so cheap um the ceiling fan wiring was fucked up at the plug hold uh, on which was
0: hold on you're gonna have to explain to the listeners what a ceiling fan is
1: in in snow day (laughs) i have a a a full house ceiling fan inside snow day it's real dangerous when you like you know go over bumps because sometimes it like wants to clip your head yeah, you get a haircut. Um, yeah, you get a haircut or a, a scalping, whatever. But it it uh, <laughs> works pretty well. No, what it really is is, Snow Day is a factory AC truck, but the AC always leaked, and it seemed like every time I replaced a part, something else would leak, and I was like, "Fuck this!" So, pardon my language. So I put a uh, just like a 12 volt fan. It's like two oscillate, not oscillating, like they're like rotating, in that you can position them. Fans, one for the driver, one for the passenger. That's on the ceiling. Goes to a 12 volt plug last year before core i fully replaced all the ac parts and now it has working ac which i'm pretty stoked about um but i left the ceiling fan because you know sometimes it's just nice to have a fan for sure and uh, other than that yeah that fire extinguisher mount and uh and i retorked the lug nuts because uh you know reasons
0: yeah i mean you always should do a nut and bolt check um yeah. those will probably be my last words but probably not uh-huh.
1: <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves <clears throat> Derek, you're so excited to talk about the Rubicon. Should we should we just get into it? Oh my God, I'm so excited.
0: Uh, all right, I got to take my time So stop me and ask questions because otherwise I'm just going to power through and it'll be a cool episode, but not as cool as if you ask questions and like I'll, slow me down.
1: I'll do my best to try all to right. slow
0: you down. All right, so we're going to start like this so we can get seven episodes out of it.
1: <laughs> Appropriate everybody slow their speed down. <clears throat> All right.
0: So we will start at day minus whatever. I don't remember what day it was exactly, but <clears throat> I needed to do some maintenance on the truck. It was more or less ready to wheel, but I had a skid plate off because I was doing something to it. Um, and I just never put it back on. Um, and I was like, well, I'll take off the other skid plate, check the fluids, uh, aka the um, trans uh, transfer case, the 205. Um, can't quite reach it without taking the, uh, rear driver skid plate off. Um, so I go to take it off. And of course one of those bolts is like seized and fortunately I didn't have to drill it out, but it took like a map gas torch, like heating it and cooling it like five times to finally get it off. But I'd started to see the like hex twist when I was hitting it with the impact for like a long period of time. And I was like, no, I'm going to strip it. I better like do a lot of heating and cooling. Um, so that took like 45 minutes to get that one bolt out. Um, but it is what it antices. is. I put anti-seize on it <laughs> last time. Yeah. Every Damn. time, every time I take those bolts out, I put anti-seize on them.
1: I guess when you're submerged in something, it probably doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Man, I don't know. I mean, yeah, possibly it. I don't know that I'd taken that one off since I moved here. So it had seen a winter in Illinois. So shame on me. Um, but, uh, now it's got anti on. You can believe that. Nice.
2: uh
0: trim defender i had to do something else and i don't have it written down i forget what um install the co2 tank for the locker that was easy um and then i noticed one of the trans cooler lines was leaking at the like hard to soft transition so i guess with the gm ones you can kind of cut that crimp joint off and there's like an hourglass shaped thing with some ribbing on it so i just mm-hmm. put a couple of uh, hose clamps, hose clamps on it, but that it took a while because I was trying to get it to go over the like flare for that little compression fitting. Oh and right, just I just couldn't do it.
1: No, um, th- that flare is really it's much bigger than like a normal like bump flare that you would yeah, like, put a hose over. Yeah, exactly. it's really hard to get it past that.
0: And I think if I had not cut. The rub like if I just cut <laughs> off the compression fitting and use the part that was compressed under that, it probably would have done it. But I cut it like flush at the compression fitting. Oh, I didn't need it to be that long, so that's okay. It held the whole trip. Um, so and then I had to trim one of the fenders because it was rubbing when I was at Hollister. It's always rubbed, but it's just I'm getting, I'm getting more flex because you know bump stops are wearing out. So, <laughs> mm. um. Trimmed one of the fenders. It's still rubbed, but it was less bad, I guess. Uh, and then I packed. Um, so yeah, then we hit the road on uh, Wednesday night after work. We left like 6-ish, 6 ish six 30 ish And uh one of my coworkers, uh Julian, was riding with me, and then Pavel, another coworker, and a Bronco Sasquatch, uh, was joining us as well. Um, he's he wheeled with me at Hollister when I went down there earlier this year. And Bronco's serious, you know, serious wheeler from, you know, straight out the box, basically.
1: So um, you guys had intended. but I'm sorry. You already said at this point you've left. But your intention, you and this group of rigs, is to do the entire Rubicon Trail in a weekend, correct?
0: In a well, from Thursday to Saturday was the plan. So OK, we're gonna start Thursday morning and then end Saturday sometime. Now it turned out. Okay, so let me back up. (laughs) So Chris Paul, uh, who is an Ultimate Adventure alum from 2017 and 2018, he has a Hummer H3 and 43 inch tires. Um, his name is or his Instagram is Chris underscore Paul11. It is a badass truck. Um, I've wanted to, you know, meet and wheel with him for a long time and you know, we've got we've been internet friends for a while, um, going back to the pirate four by four days and now irate. Um, and just helping each other out on like doubler stuff and like some of the other wheeling stuff, and you know, um, so he was like, Hey, I'm going to the Rubicon on these dates, September 7th through 10th or 9th or whatever. And I was like, Cool, that sounds fun. We did not know that the Rubathon event, which is a I guess Rubicon Marathon is the the contraction there. It's a Toyota event. Um, Tyler from Snail Trail is involved in it. It's not specific to Snail Trail, I don't believe, but supposedly there were going to be 50 or 60 rigs starting on the Rubicon on September 7th, which is when we were going to start. Uh... <laughs> and we were like, okay, you know, I've never done it, but they're like, traffic could be crazy. And so um, one of the people that is friends with Chris, uh, cliff knows john arnes uh who is one of the chair people or he's at least a member of the rubicon trail foundation so and he's got some private land or they you know there's some private land near spider lake which we'll get into this um that we could camp at and because it's private like it would be a campsite that's guaranteed for us um and so they proposed we base camp the rubicon which is we go back to that camp almost every night. And that means that you're kind of going up the Rubicon and coming back. And so I'll, I'll walk us through. I'm already getting ahead of myself. Uh, but yeah, so our plan was originally to do the Rubicon in three days.
1: We didn't really know how. You were going to camp in two separate spots. You're going to do it, do a day, camp, do a day, camp, finish Correct. it, driving.
0: Maybe go out the other way. But a lot of them had tow rigs actually most of them had tow rigs um and so they would have preferred to drive back on the rubicon to loon lake which is the start um but it's okay uh we could have done that i'll walk through what actually happened in a second here but uh but yeah so we're driving up to the rubicon wednesday night we're gonna camp at loon lake or maybe a few hundred yards in to get in front of the toyota guys and uh that's the plan um
2: Uh, what's uh, what's Marshall's law? No, that's not right.
0: Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. Mm, I'm not sure.
1: I know. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. Murphy's law. Jesus. Murphy's okay. law. Thank you.
0: Murphy's there law. You um, Murphy was in effect uh, <laughs> on Wednesday night. Uh, about, I think we had just passed Sacramento or no, we had just got on highway 50 after Sacramento. So yeah, we just passed Sacramento, uh, hear this really crazy vibrating loud sound. And then it's clear to me, like literally two seconds later that I've had a blowout and we're, we're on the rim. Uh, so Uh... we pull over and we're on a bridge. So we have to drive about a quarter mile to a half a mile, uh, on the on the shoulder because it's literally just one vehicle with. Um, I'm not changing the tire. It's the right rear, um, and then we see on the map that there's like an exit coming up. So there's like a wide gravel spot that we can change it on the side of the road safely behind one of the like exit signs. Um, so we like slowly at like two or three miles an hour, and like the tire is completely exploded. Um, we just we it's like slamming against the bedside and i'm like it's worth it to not die but man it's doing some damage it seems like oh um, we, get, we get there uh and we pull off and the damage isn't too bad i mean it like bent the 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 sheet metal of the fender up but the flare is still intact which is i'm happy about because my flares are custom and i merge two flares together to make them one super flare um so i can bend it back by hand more or less uh it gets beat up that bad off-road so like that could have been worse and the real blessing here is that the (laughs) because the other tire was still inflated the the rim didn't get damaged because the bead lock kind of held the bead onto the outside of the rim so the inside rim or the inside of the rim never touched the ground and the outside was always had like a chunk of rubber protecting it so it gets scuffed up a little bit but like it's round it's not damaged i'm actually pretty happy considering all all things considered. So we saw up on the spare and now I'm like, well, damn it. Like I wish this would have happened on the way home. Well, I wish it wouldn't have happened at all, but I wish it would have happened on the way home because that now I'm like, I don't have a spare if I cut a tire on the trail. Um, and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and Julian's like, Man, I wish I knew somebody that would have a spare in the area, but I, I just don't. And I was like, ah, I do, (laughs) I know somebody, Uh, so Derek Rickford, um, who I met uh, because he was the Ultimate Adventure 2018 Dirty Dozen, as was I, Um, and I met him in person at Full Size Invasion in 2019, and we've been friends since. Um, He lives in Markleyville, which is about an hour and a half, two hours from the Rubicon. I call him up, and I'm like, hey, I got a weird question for you do you have a spare 40 inch tire I can borrow? And he was like, yes, it's yours. He's like, I'll even meet you halfway between where you are now and save you an hour. I was like, are you kidding me? Like this, like, I don't even know like what to say here, except thank you. You're amazing. And so, you right. know, he met me. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that. Right. That's amazing. That's all. It's so awesome. He's like, yeah, um, we meet him, we get, we swap the spare. He takes my sh- shredded one. um, And so I don't have to carry two spares. Um, And I just, I'm so thankful. Uh, Let me see. I forget what his Instagram is. I'm supposed to write everybody's down, but I forgot. Uh, Derek Rickford, (laughs) D-E-R-E-K-R-I-C-K-F-O-R-D, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. Um, He's got some really cool rigs and he's been doing a lot of recovery um in and around the rubicon lately so check him out um he's an awesome dude um, and so yeah uh so now i have a spare um hope not to use it but at least now i feel confident that like if i cut a tire i can get off the trail and figure something out um and so so that's a good piece of mind yeah it is that added well in addition to changing the tire that took a little while. And then going out of our way and coming back, we didn't get to the Rubicon until about 1245, one in the morning. Um, Everybody was asleep by then. And we were like hitting them on the radio on the channel that we agreed to in advance. And of course, they were asleep. Um, But fortunately, we saw Chris has a super stretched F-550 tow rig that he puts his entire Hummer on the flatbed of. And so I saw it in the parking lot at Loon Lake. And I was like, thank God they're here. Um, you know, there's there's no signal. There's no cell phone signal on the Rubicon. So, you know, we were kind of texting leading up to it. And then they stopped because they went to sleep. And then we ran out of signal as well. So we talked about what the plan was ahead of time. 100 to 200 yards in, we see their rigs. And so we pull off next to them and try and quietly set up camp. Well, as quietly as possible. It's really hard to set up camp quietly when you're on a hill. You got a V8. Um, but we pulled in as, and got set up as quietly as we could. And then we woke up around seven 30 the next day, um, planning to be on the trail by eight or eight 30. And I think we were successful at that too. So it was a little bit of a shorter night, but not too bad. So everything's dark when we were driving up to the Rubicon, we didn't get to see any of the views, but it was a very twisty road leading up to the, the, the start of the Rubicon. Um, and so, those that are familiar with the Rubicon will know what Loon Lake means. But <clears throat> it's like a staging area next to a lake, unsurprisingly called Loon Lake. And then you basically start on the trail. Um, and we camped on the Rubicon Trail, day
1: zero, we'll call it. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Bronco had I no issues. That you
1: guys got there late. Like, what time do you plan on arriving? Like ten to ten thirty, p.m. P.m. Yep. Oh, so it wasn't really that big a deal.
0: It wasn't too bad. It was like an extra two and a half hours, roughly, I think, in, in all. But you hadn't you know, planned a wheel that considered. night, or you did? No, no, we definitely did not plan a wheel that night. We planned, the plan was to camp 100, 200 yards in the trail, just so we're ahead of all of the people that were camping in like the staging area, which I don't think was many, but I'm not sure. Um, it was so dark. Like we didn't know if there was a campground. And I didn't even think to look when we were driving out. Um, at the end of the trip. so Spoiler alert there for those who have done the Rubicon. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, let me go through the rigs that were here. Um, I already mentioned Pavel. It's a Bronco Sasquatch, which has the 35s four-door with the 2.7 liter, and he added a winch to it. Um, and that's pretty much the only mod, but yeah, the Sasquatch from the factory is fully locked. Um, it's got all of the, the gizmos and gadgets with the, the, you know, the trails turn where it locks the inside tire and can kind of do a dig. Um, it's got all the cameras and stuff and it's just a really well thought out rig that did surprisingly well. Um, it's not the highest ground clearance and we were talking about it. You know, you put 35s on like something that came with 29s from the factory and you have to lift it. Um, but because Ford designed the Bronco to have 35s, you know, it's you know, you don't have much height at the belly, um, you know, when you're running IFS and stuff like that. So the biggest like detriment to the Bronco was ground clearance. Cause there's a lot of medium sized like basketball and larger size boulders on the Rubicon that, that are littering the trail. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was probably the biggest tricky part with the Bronco, but, um, Pablo is a good driver. You know, we had a lot of people to spot him. Um, it was impressive how well it did. So I already talked about Chris Paul, um, a little bit more. He's got a Hummer H three on tons. They're actually, I think it's a Dana 70 in the front. That was a rear Dana 60 from a van. It had size side adjusters. And then I think he put like Dana 60 outers on it. Um, hopefully I'm not butchering that. And then what the 70, 10 and a half
1: ring gear instead of a nine and three quarter. Okay, you're like it's a Dana seventy, but all the parts are sixty. That's what I just heard you say. Sorry.
0: Well, the yeah, yeah. I mean, the outers I think are all sixty, um, but the the ring gear is bigger. Um, okay. this Dana sixty, um, and then his rear axle is an HO seventy two Eaton, which is like the predecessor to the fourteen bolt. Like it has the it has a third member, but the pinion still has three bearings. Um, it, it uses similar lockers. I think the the, the splines are different on. The Eaton axle, but you otherwise would use a, a 14 bolt locker in it, and then it's a fabricated or not fabricated, but it's like a stamped steel housing um, where if you take the cover off and the third member, you can just see right through it. Hmm. So it's a badass uh, rig. Um, it's also got a exo cage, Mickey Thompson Baja Pro XS 43s, uh, a four to one doubler box which is really unique. He worked with Behemoth drivetrain to make, I guess what turned out to be a one-off that used the four to one transfer case gears from an H3 Alpha and then a mm-hmm. 205 behind it. So he basically has eight to one low, four to one low, two to one low, and then one to one. Oh, so that's got pretty a lot, awesome. A lot of options. And it has a swapped in 6.2 liter with a 6L80E. It's, it's, a, really, <laughs> it's a really well-built rig. Sounds Um, like
1: it. It sounds like it's at least got all the right components.
0: It does links up front, still leaf in the rear, but I think he wants to change that next. Um, and I mentioned he was on UA in 2017 and 2018 and he's a super nice guy. Actually, spoiler alert, everybody on the trip was super nice and, and lended a hand. I'm really glad to have met all of them. Um, most of them are from Southern California. Chris used to live in Southern California, but now he lives in Idaho. Um, so some of his friends, um, Clint, Is CLC SoCal, all one word. And his father-in-law Carrie, who is in I think his 80s, um, was riding with Cliff. Uh, he's got a stretched TJ on 40s tons. It's a manual and it has a four-liter. Um, it's a really well built rig. Um, his son Kyle was also there. So three generations uh on the on Rubicon trail. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, very cool. Kyle is Casey downhill, um, and he was also Chris's co-driver on UA. Um, so that you know, obviously, they're they're all very intertwined into off-roading. Um, he's got what I can only describe as an ultra four TJ with a four-liter full hydro, thirty-nine-inch stickies, links, trailing arms, bypasses. Like it's 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 actually done. King of hammers. Um, I think they did it twice. Once they did not finish. Uh, and then the second time they did finish um and they plan to do it again. It's obviously very expensive to run such a race, but you know once once money's back, he wants to run it again um it's a <laughs> it's an even better built rig, so I think Kyle learned a lot building that rig and and then built his helped build rather his 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 father's rig the the stretch t j n forties um, and Man, they both can drive. They both been, I think, wheeling on the Rubicon for many years. Um, Kyle obviously is racing too, so like he's got a lot of skills behind the wheel. Um, and then, uh, I don't know if I said it. Kyle's Instagram is Casey Downhill. All um, one word, no underscores or anything like that, as well. Um, another Hummer H three was driven by Vay. It's V-dog, V dog V. Dawg1115 is his Instagram, um, and he's got a Hummer H3 with front and rear 14 bolts. Uh, it's linked in the front, leaf rear. Um, he's got it's a it's an H3 Alpha, so it's got a factory 5.3 liter and a 4 to 1 transfer case, and just a ton of really tasteful mods. I I would call him his rig like an extreme overlander because it's re- built for rock crawling. It's got rock sliders and bumpers and all that. Um, but he's also got like some creature comforts, like an awning and, uh, you know, they were cooking really tasty meals on a scottle, but like, I think he, he kind of has transitioned into the rock crawling realm from when it was an IFS H3 on like I think 35. So he's definitely, I think he earned the title of extreme overlander. Um, he kind of was thrown into the deep end cause he did a, a shakedown run at like a local off-road park that wasn't super hard. and then. Tossed into the Rubicon, so <laughs> um, but he did he did an awesome job. Um, some bad luck towards the end, but you'll have to wait till the next episode to hear that. Um, fourteen
1: bolts front and rear. yep, how big
0: were the tires? did you say 40s I don't think I did say so, thank you for asking., uh, he's got forty inch pro comp m t twos and beadlocks the whole. It's a really nice rig, and it looks really clean, and he kept it clean, actually. um yeah. And awesome. Kevin is Kevin J Collier. So K E B I N J C O L L I E R on Instagram. He's got a K5 sort of K five buggy with an L S in it, tons, bypasses, 40 inch stickies or 39 inch. They're they're KR3s. Um like this thing's really well set up. Um but it doesn't have a body anymore. It's just a tube, a tube body. Um, and I think most of the frame or all of the frame is still there, if I remember right. Um, but it just seems really well set up and super light. Um, so it should do should do really, really well. And then Chuck, who's not on any socials, he's got a YJ on 40s with links front and near, front and rear. Um, and it's been V8 swapped. Um, and it's just, yeah, really well built rig too. Um, and then me. I have a 2001 Silverado with a bobbed slash shortened bed and all kinds of rock protection and tons in forties and a doubler. Is that it?
1: That's mostly it. (laughs) Was the Bronco the only
0: IFS rig there? Bronco was the only IFS rig. Yes. Um, And I think we all knew that the Bronco was going to be like the one that struggled the most. Um, But there are, and through a lot of the difficult obstacles, there are bypasses. But it was like, it was surprising some of the things that the Broncos struggled on. Um, It was just like the Bronco would struggle on rock gardens, which was interesting, but like really crazy off camber climbs. The Broncos like lift in a tire and like front tires, like two or three feet in the air. And it just, that's fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But it just, it was just trying to save, you know, he took a lot of the cladding off. He took the flares, he took the front bumper cladding off and it, it looks okay. It actually, Ford was smart about this. Um, to make it like you could convert it into off-road mode, so to speak, um, and save some of the like aerodynamic things that are there probably for gas mileage. Nice. Um, And so he took all that off left at home. Um, And so, I mean, he did the whole Rubicon and didn't damage any body panels and didn't have any breakage. And, I think that's it. <laughs> like if wow. I if I if I boil it down, he completed the Rubicon, no major damage. Um, you know, he bent his rock sliders a little bit because they're like kind of stamp sheet metal. Um, but it, they didn't get up into the body. Um and I'm sure he's got a lot of undercarriage painting to do because it was very, very scrapey. Um, but I helped spot, Julian helped spot, Clint helped spot or Clint yeah. Clint helped spot. And yeah it's uh it was just really great um wow sounds like
1: a great weekend for that fella
0: i mean i think i think it was it was it was okay how do i put this it was stressful for all parties right like we're slowed by the bronco because it was a lot of spotting a lot of very slow moving um through things that otherwise weren't obstacles and i think Pavel suffered the most because, like, he had to drive it and, like, worry about the thing the whole time. Like, am I going to make it past the next obstacle? Um, but he did. And that includes going down Big Sluice, which is no joke. Um, so yeah. All right. So, uh, let's, I'll walk us through day one, um, and day two. And I think that's probably going to be this episode, um, because day three was, Pretty nuts. <laughs> um, actually, every day was pretty nuts in their own unique way, but day three was the most nuts. So, before you do, let me grab a beer. Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. While Mike was gone, I started going through some pictures. Um, and so, what I'm going to do is post on the Trail Riders page um, some of the pictures that we will talk about here. Um, the first one being the blowout.
1: And so, Mike, you can see this. Wow. That is an intense. So how fast were you going during when that happened? 75. Um, oh but my God. It's happened so on the interstate. It
0: probably wasn't this bad, but remember that we had to drive like another quarter mile or something. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And you can see how twisted up it is. So it was literally like, ka-tunk, 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 every time the wheel rotated. So
1: yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> so Derek, I don't mean to derail your story, but just real quick, I need to mention this because When I went to pick up Snow Day on my way home, I had not one, but two trailer tire blowouts.
0: Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. You did tell us that.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned that to anybody. I never said it on the podcast, did I?
0: No, no. You didn't say it on the podcast because we haven't talked about you picking up Snow Day yet, but I think that you mentioned it in a text
1: thread. Yeah. Me and Kyle and Steve. Yeah, Steve was like, are we going to podcast tonight? And I was like, no, I'm not even home because I've had to stop not only on the side of the interstate, but also like 25 minutes from home and change Oops. it. Well, the first time was unfortunately a left rear tire. So I was doing it on the side of the interstate. But somebody wasn't by me because, of course, nobody gets over.
0: A left and rear tire was... on the trailer?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. The the O t- did um, the the, didn't have a blowout, right? No, no, the trailer. I, it was okay. shaking. Like I knew it, like, it was something that was wrong. Cause the, totally. It was shaking. I was like, I probably have a bad tire. I stopped and checked everything. All the pressures were fine. I didn't see any knots or any bubbles or anything. So I just kept driving. Sure enough, had a blowout. Dang. So I swapped it for the spare and I kept driving and it was still shaking. And I was like, what the hell? I replaced the bad tire. Oh, Why is it no. shaking? And I was like, well, nothing I can do. It was like everything looks fine. I, I just got to try to get home. I'm like an hour from home at this point, point. 25 minutes from home on a little two lane highway, another trailer tire blew out. Dang.
0: Did the vibration, so,
1: well, obviously it was blown well, out. So, the vibration so at that really... point I didn't have another spare. So I had to unload snow day and leave it on the side of the road and ratchet strap the axle up to the trailer, uh, which I wasn't really sure exactly how to do. Cause I'd never done it before. I just kind of winged it, but I did call Trevor trailer time Torrens and ask trailer him. Time. I was like, <sighs> I was like, Hey man, like this is a thing that I need to do. And he's like, yeah, do this. And so I did. And I made it home. I drove real slow and it was fine. And since then I've replaced all the trailer tires, but I still don't know why they blew. Like they were original to the trailer, but they didn't, they had like more than half their tread. They didn't have any dry rotting. The air pressures were fine. They were never low. Like, I don't know what happened that day.
0: Tires, man. Tires. So it's funny you mentioned that because Clint and Kyle, uh, one that has the stretch TJ and then the ultra four TJ. Mm-hmm. They had a long trailer. I don't know how long, but both rigs fit on it. Then, so it was a triple axle. Um, and in the bed of the truck, he had three or four spare trailer tires. Wow. Because they were like, yeah, we just, we have blowouts and we don't know. And it's like three axles and the rigs aren't like that heavy. So, um, yeah. They're like, when we go long distance, we just bring a bunch of spares. So maybe... Maybe that's the maybe that's the move. If you got some extra money, buy an extra spare. I guess I or two. Have
1: two spares. Yeah, instead of yeah. one. I don't know. Shit's crazy. It's crazy.
0: That's crazy. Um yeah, so anybody that has some suggestions to make your trailer tires last longer. It sounds like I mean, I know Mike very well. He's OCD about maintenance including on the trailer. Dude, so, I never
1: even leave my driveway unless I check all four trailer tires to make sure they're like at spec. I recently yeah. like after that happened, I even pulled all the hubs apart. Checked all the bearings, checked all the brakes, re-tightened everything back perfect, torqued every lug. Now, like, I mean, I don't fuck around. I make sure that shit's right. So, like, it had to have been a fluke that two tires happened to blow. Because it's the same truck, same trailer, same rig, loaded in the same spot. The only difference is, I guess it has a roll cage now. So it was a couple hundred extra pounds, but I doubt that's enough to blow.
0: I doubt that's
1: it, yeah. (laughs) Trailer tire, so...
0: Yeah, we were trying to figure out like, did I pick up a nail and just lost pressure really quick and then it just, you know, got super hot and kaboom or what? Yeah. Because Pablo was behind me and he was like, it was fine, and then it was just calamity. I don't know where. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's
1: a disaster when you see this photo, but like you said, it's after you drove on it for a while. So who knows how yeah. bad it was at first?
0: Well, I'm sure it wasn't great at first. It was like really fast. It was like bum 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 bump. So yeah i didn't i honestly didn't know what was happening and then it was done and like the truck it was the rear so like it was okay i didn't yeah. lose control or anything but um yeah I, I i'm really fortunate that nothing worse came of it um but yeah it the tire is totally geschnorched there oh yeah it's, it, done. It's, it's done, done for. It. it's done for um all right so we put the <clears throat> Milestar star patagonia spare Ooh. <sighs> On the right rear. Um, and then this is the view that we woke up to, which oh is my pretty God. Freaking, freaking amazing.
1: Gorgeous. Post that photo. I'm going to post, post all these photos. photos. I'm just yeah, saying I'll, don't post all in this too many.
0: Well, I'll post the ones that we talk about. So, um, And if you see something that interests you, be like, hey, Derek, what's that? Um. Okay. So we hit the trail. You start by going through Gatekeeper, which is like this.
1: I want to no, okay. scroll up a little bit <laughs> on the right. Eh? yeah what's that what's going on there that's beautiful is that like a creek or is that just happened to be some water sitting there
0: uh just some water sitting there actually man is that
1: beautiful man is it beautiful there
0: it's very beautiful so gatekeepers in this like wooded area a bunch of red not redwoods but pine trees um and it's it's not that gatekeeper anymore and if you listen to our friends at the snail trail podcast they did a episode 220 Um, where they sat down with some Rubicon experts um, and they go through the history of the Rubicon. So this, this is the new gatekeeper and I forget which year they changed it, but in order to be more environmentally friendly um, to keep the sediment in the water supply to a minimum, they like relocated gatekeeper. So it's not quite as hard as it uh, used to be, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not, I mean, the Bronco went through it. So we were like, great, it can do everything. it is still kind of gatekeeper-y. Like, it, it's tight. There's a big rock that you have to climb, um, which looks like this. Oh, it's a video, so I'm not going to play the whole thing, but yeah, you get the picture. You had to um, climb that rock, that truck? That, no, the, from oh, the, the, one on the, the one on the other side. I was going to say
1: that viewpoint makes it look like that rock is like as tall as your truck. It's up midway up the window.
0: Yeah, I can't yeah. post that one because it's not a picture, but I guess I'll post the just the general gatekeeper view
2: call this number three wow um all right cool um all right everyone so then
0: was able to do the gatekeeper everyone was able to do the, the gatekeeper Bronco. yep it's i forget how long it is um but you know maybe we're a half a mile or a mile into the trail and then we get to the granite bowl which looks like this wow if this ever there we go it's literally just a giant slab of granite peppered with some trees. Um, I think all the rock on the Rubicon is granite. Um, and it's just it's absolutely out of this world, like, I won't even say
1: beautiful. It's just out of this world, unique.: Yeah, I don't um, even know how to describe it. So do you guys wheel this? Do you just like drive across it? Like it's I mean, like
0: driving on a highway? I mean, there there are some like ledges that you have to drop off of. Um, Okay. but honestly even the bronco was fine on it so this is like pretty easy it's just like really spectacular um views and and whatnot so the the bad thing that happened okay so here's the k5 Um, that thing used to be a k5 yep that thing used to be a k5 in fact it's like a a damn spaceship it's fully caged no body it does have a plexiglass windshield that actually folds forward if you want it to which is kind of neat um yeah but yeah, he's got a fridge and all of his stuff with him. So um, he wasn't paying attention. And one of the ledges that you drop off of, normally you just drop right off and he's got, you know, bypasses. So I think he was probably going a few miles an hour, um, maybe a dozen miles an hour. I don't know exactly. I didn't see it happen. Faster um, but than if, he should have been. Not faster than he should have been if it was just a drop off. Let's put it that way because he's got a great suspension and can handle like a slight jump. Um, But what happened is it was a 40 to 50 inch gap between another rock that was at the same height. So he like took the driver front tire down into the hole and it just, bam, stopped in its tracks and it did a bunch of damage. It, it bent the wheel. So all the air came out of the tire. Um, it, bent the shock shaft. So all the shock fluid was leaking out. It bent or it broke the hydro assist cap on the front of the steering box. So the hydro was no longer working. Um, so yeah. And that's all we knew happened. (laughs) Spoiler or foreshadowing. Um, and so they, we winch him back to where he's at in this picture. Um, and, uh, so side story, I bought this thing where you like extend this rod in your truck to press the brakes against the steering wheel. So I can winch people from outside of the truck. Cause I now have a wireless winch remote. Um, and so I winched him back and it was oh, yeah. much, much easier than I thought. Cause I was like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to pull this dead weight and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I can just start the truck and put it in reverse. And I was like, Oh, okay. Do that. <laughs> mm. Um, but I still, yeah. I really like it. It's a little heavy, but it's kind of a neat concept. So I might come up with like something different, but yeah, it's all good. Um, So we, we get out, we're evaluating the damage and you know, the guys that have been on the trail before we were like, well, why don't the new, the people who are new to the Rubicon go ahead with somebody who's done it before. So Clint in the stretch TJ um, took me, Pavel in the Bronco, they in the H3 on forties and you know, the 14 bolts um, and me and we, we continued on our way. And then one group started pulling off the hydro assist and taking apart the steering box. while another couple people went and drove into town to get a new steering box or at least a steering box that has the same front cap as the Saginaw box that's right, on there. Yeah. And so they, it's, it's a long drive into town. Cause it's like an hour of twisty roads from the trailhead to, before you get onto a highway. And then some, Mm -hmm. so and i think they had to go to a couple different parts stores to get one that would work um so this is turning into a whole day ordeal already so they're doing that um we continue on and we go across the granite bowl and then uh i think at the end of the granite bowl there's this cool little like bridge i took some pictures on i'm not going to post that one um because it's not very impressive but then there's like some optional lines finally, and I'm like, "Let's do the rock crawling thing." And then I, I centered on my <laughs> rear, um, or I think I diffed out. Looks like not sure. a
1: slider, but I mean that rock is pretty huge.
0: Yeah, there's also one on the other side, so I just oh, couldn't get over yeah, it. Extra turtled, extra turtled. Um, but uh, why won't this picture save? Because it's a video. I got to take a screenshot. Bam. All right. Cool. Um,
2: Number five.
0: Cool. Um, So I winched myself out. Um, Could have gone around it, saved a whole bunch of time, but I was like, whatever. Fun. Um, And so then we keep going through and there's just like some really great rock crawling Tons of good views, tons of good scenery, nothing too intense. We get to the Z-turn. Whoops, that's too far. Or maybe we don't get to the Z-turn yet. Mm -hmm. We get to Soup Bowl first. Maybe that's right. All right, so we get to Soup Bowl. Most people have heard of Soup Bowl. It is a very cool obstacle. Um, Most people are familiar with this viewing angle. Mm-hmm. where you crawl up it and then like, you have to kind of come towards the camera. Um, and so Clint did it in his stretch TJ. Um, I think I was, I was at the end of the pack, so I didn't get a good view. Um, and then Vey was up in the Hummer, um, and he gave it a hell of a shot. Um, unfortunately he did not make it the whole way. And then we skipped the Bronco, um, for I think fairly obvious reasons. Although I've heard that the Bronco Raptor can just walk it. So what is Who a knows.
1: Bronco? Oh, a Raptor version of the Bronco. Yeah, it's like long travel long, and shit.
0: And... Long travel with 37s from the factory and like Got a, the same engine that's in the F 150 Raptor. So it has like 450 horsepower. It freaking rips.
1: Damn.
0: Yup, it's pretty beastly. Um, so then I do. I give it a shot.
1: I do. And,
0: and, and then, enough, but
1: then I do.
0: And then I do. I do Super Bowl. Um, don't one shot it. But I do make it up, which I'm like super stoked about. Like is the video that we're watching you making it up? It is the video of me making it up. And that will probably end up on my Instagram the day that we air this podcast. So because I'm super happy about it. Um, not to mention that we have all of our camping gear and I have Oh yeah, a, I see that. I have a three wheel oh, drive. Oh shit. Because Milestar Patagonia.
1: That's a good point. Oh, don't people uh, love the Patagonia out uh, west, though?
0: It, you know what? I will say that didn't really notice it being a hindrance. So I guess, but this one was, it was wet and muddy. Podcast over. Yep. And, and you didn't hate the Patagonia. So we're not friends anymore. I still hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe
1: that it was the reason that I didn't one shot the Soup Bowl. Yeah, there you go. That's the reason. Yep, that's the reason. Or Mickey's, you would have made it. That Patagonia was like, no, I don't want that's it. That's
0: right. That's right. I definitely would have made it with four forty-two 42-inch Mickeys, but they're not out yet. And I need a set of tires. So
1: Mickey Thompson, listen up. <laughs> are you going to go Bosses again?
0: It's the only 42 radial. Oh, so. I
1: see. Okay, well, I guess you are then.
0: Yeah, I might have to buy like an extra tire or something or two, maybe if I can't find
1: a single Mickey.
0: Dude, were you or set on
1: the Bosses the day that... You bought those at the Jamboree? No, I wasn't.
0: I, I it was just a
1: smoking deal, and that's why
0: you ended up going for it. I see. I was at the Four Wheel Jamboree in Indianapolis. I needed a set of tires. Four Wheel Parts was packing up the semi truck, and I was like, "Hey, what kind of deals you got on 40s?" They were like, "Some good ones. We have these Mickey Thompson Baja Bosses for fourteen hundred dollars for four, And I was like, "Ha." Now that number sounds super cheap because now they're oh my like God, 600 number so
1: stupid cheap. But
0: guess what? I played hardball. I was like, nah, it's not good enough for me to buy them right now. And he was like, let me go talk to my supervisor. And he comes back and he's like, how about 1250 And so I'm like, you know, better at least tell that the wife. That is so
1: dumb cheap.
0: Hold on. We're not done because he was thinking 1250 with tax. And you were like, Oh is that 1250 with tax? And he said, yeah. And so I get off the phone and I'm like with tax done i'll buy them right now and so he was like uh i probably shouldn't have said with tax but we'll make it happen so i got a set of four tires 40 inch tires for 1250 dollars out the door or mickey's or mickey thompson baja <laughs> bosses and they've been amazing i um yeah your dog's making some noise back there huh i know
1: she's real stupid um, oh, okay well <laughs> no, just kidding. um We
0: love her. Wait, but I thought you already up. made.
1: Oh, is this playing again? I think we already watched. It's you playing it again. Up. Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay, I was like, "What's happening
0: right now?" um Let me see if I can. Did you break something? No, I didn't break anything. No, not yet. have somebody holding a? F- Hold somebody... on, Mike. Shush. Okay. All right. Did <laughs> soup Bowl? Great. Super stoked. <laughs> um, on my Mickey Thompsons that I paid twelve fifty four. Although only three of them remain. Um. And, uh, so we're just driving along on the trail and a diff out, or I thought I diff out, but there was like a clunk. And so I get out, I'm like, that sounded like a tie rod. So I hit the tie rod instead of the diff. And, and this is just like on a medium sized boulder in the middle of the trail could have avoided it, but didn't really see it. Um, cause there's 7 million boulders in the middle of the trail. And so get out, tie rods broken right at the threads because i have offset tie rods and i was thinking about it the fact that the offset tie rod is like right there and the threads are right there at the thing means that every time i steer or there's force on the wheel and tire forward and backwards i'm just slowly doing the paperclip thing where you bend Mm -hmm. it back and forth yep and so it's not great um but i had talked to chris willie at complete off-road five six three five eight three five three six three and the reason why I have this complete off-road uh, koozie is because I was like, hey, Chris, i um, about to go do the Rubicon. Can you help me out with some spare offset tie rod ends? And he was like, boy, can I? Um, and not only did he send those, um, I said, hey, can you send me some drag link ends as well, which are just one ton non-offset tie rods. Um, and so he sent those as well. The, the drag link has been together for a long time. There was a little bit of play in one of them. So I just replaced those. I didn't change the offset tie rod ends before the Rubicon. Um, Cause I was like, these things always break. So why not just let them break on the trail? And so they did one. Well, one of them did. And then another one did. <laughs> so both brand new Barnes offset tie rod ends are on the truck. Now Um, not going to post a picture of that. Cause it's boring. Um, but I did break a tie rod end
1: at this point. Okay. At least it was a part that you could just replace and move on. 20 minutes. In fact, the, sec- the second
0: one, I think, was like 12 or
1: 15 minutes. Excellent. Pretty
0: good. We, we yes. turned, I'm, I'm an expert at changing tie rod ends now. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, here's, here's that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, real broken. Um, okay, so then comes Little Sluice. So Cliff, who's leading us, he's on the trail. Uh Little Sluice, we know going into it is a pretty a, a real obstacle. Um, we send the Bronco around. There's a bypass, bypass. And so Cliff does it. Um, I think fairly drama free, although I don't think it was like a full one shot. Um, again, I was at the back of the pack, um, didn't really see his line. And then Vey does it in the Hummer H3. So I I'm out helping spot, because um, it's pretty tight. Uh And what you don't really see in this picture video, which I'm not going to post because the angle is pretty awful, is there's a giant rock just to the right that you have to avoid. Um, And you're also leaning. I'm probably like six inches from hitting my cab on this this rock wall behind the truck.
1: Gotcha. Um, So this is a pretty steep angle.
0: It's a pretty steep angle. Um, Lots of leaning, lots of off-camber, and I just can't get that front tire to stick on that rock, it keeps slipping off and, and you're trying not...
1: to not destroy your cab yep. and that's why you're not progressing.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is an, there's a line where I can go around this rock, um, possibly destroy the cab. And then now that I'm looking at the video, I'm like, Oh, I should have just driven up the wall a little bit more and gotten, Would you have tire. driven up the
1: wall, and not tipped over uh, from the angle of the video, it's hard to tell the angle that your truck is sitting at.
0: It would have been really off camber, but I think it would have been okay. Um, I think ultimately I ended up dri- backing up a lot and driving straight up towards where the cameraman is. Um so I guess now I have to post this video. Mm. Um cuz we're just constantly so talking about man. it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, I see what I, you I mean. Just, no, it's a short video, but I see what you mean. Your left front's just having trouble keeping a grip on that rock yeah, and so you're sliding. off. yeah.
0: That's right. Yep. Um and so uh so I drive up out of it, I can't get past the, like I guess this is what I would call the real gatekeeper. Um And so, uh, but I am able to back out of it, back up enough, drive up the slab and then you just drive along the slabs next to it. So, uh, it's a really cool obstacle because like you can get as far as you want and then just drive up the slabs and then they're just kind of off camber the whole way out. Um, it's not very long. I think it's maybe 200 yards, 300 yards total. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of big boulders. So uh then we meet up with the Bronco and we are staying as i think i mentioned already on that private land near spider spider lake um and boy we got the rock star treatment man um first of all this is kind of the road air quotes into mm. spider lake the 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 road to the campsite in spider lake is rock crawling also Nice. um we got the bronco through but it took some spotting so it's not like an easy trail um wow. but uh yeah this is also so somebody julian who was riding passenger with me um i was like here take my truck like go to camp i'll keep spotting the bronco um julian does have an 80 series land cruiser on 35 so he's been off-roading before um in the it seemed like it wasn't that crazy. Um, so I was like, hey, you want to drive? And he was like, yeah. And so he drove with me in the car. And then I was like, you're a good driver. Take the truck. Um, try not to crash it. So you got totally. a shot
1: of your truck wheeling.
0: Yeah, I did. I love seeing my truck wheel. It's so fun. It um, so Yeah. So I'm spotting Pavel in the Bronco. And then we get to camp. This is terrible. There's a picture of
1: you guys eating off a of tailgate. That's fun. What's that little tiny shack? There's like a little. It looks like almost like an outhouse with a window.
0: Great question. Okay, so there are literally outhouses across the trail, and if you have Onyx or something that has the GPX files, you can know exactly where the toilets are. Oh, is
1: so that's actually a toilet.
0: That one is that. The ones that are on the trail don't have a window. They're more like porta potty slash permanent outhouses. Yeah. Um, But this is just you know it's private land, so they're like this is nice, whatever.
1: Wait, so, why'd you say
0: it's private land? The
1: Rubicon's public land, isn't it?
0: The Rubicon is. This is private property that connects to the Rubicon.
1: Okay, so you guys paid to camp at this site.
0: We gave the guy, John Arns, um, whose property... Well, it's the Rubicon Trail Foundation property, but he's like the caretaker of the property right now. Gotcha. Um, He actually lives further past this, up the hill. There's like a cabin that he and his wife live in. Um. And so, he doesn't take cash. Um, but they they gave him a nice bottle of bourbon that he really likes. Or I think that he really likes. So that works. Uh, we we all chipped in for it.
1: Okay. He doesn't take cash. That's interesting. The guys like you can camp on my on my land, but you have to barter with me. Yeah. Right. It's very uh, Rubicon esque. Because is that a real be... thing? Though? Like, what if somebody shows up and they only have cash? What does he? What do they do?
0: I don't. I don't know, man. I just, this is just what happened to us.
1: What an interesting thing! I'm sorry, it just kind of seems odd. No, it's it's fine. It's
0: uh, I don't know. He's just like he's like a nice guy, you know. Yeah. So, um, okay. listen to episode 220 of the Snail Trail podcast. You'll actually hear him talk about it. It's oh, okay, that sounds wonderful. Not not the property itself. Well, okay, you'll hear him talk about the Rubicon. He's he's passionate about it. He lives about a hundred days on the Rubicon every year. Um, so yeah.
1: Very cool. cool. Okay, Very we, cool. we can move right. on. And also, camp. we have been talking a while, so if we're gonna wrap up day one, we should do it sometimes. All
0: right. So we had dinner. This is this is day two in the pictures. Um, we've done roughly one third of the Rubicon Trail at at this point. Um, and we get into camp around uh 4 p.m. So there's time for us to kind of take a swim in the lake, get cleaned up. Um, it was cold, but like not so cold that you couldn't stand for a few minutes or longer.
1: Um So you guys got a lake bath? You got a lake bath. Uh was it really hot? Like what was the temperature like when you were there? <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't talk about that. The weather you was didn't. perfect.
0: Seventies during the day, high forties, mid forties at night, which can't a little chilly
1: for camping, but it sounds pretty good compared to some of the stuff we've done.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like I think in the low fifties until we went to bed and it like dips into the forties while you're in your oh, yeah. tent and then That's back up. Like you perfect. get a warm sleeping bag and you're good to go. Um, I was super warm every single night. I slept great. The first night I had a little sleep, but the second night it slept great. Um, we had propane fire cause there's a fire ban. Um, but it's nice just to have a little bit of heat and like see people's faces when you're shooting the shit around the propane fire. Um, but it was, it was really, really nice. Um okay. So the nice thing about like base camping is that we left camp set up. We didn't have to tear it down the next day. Um so that was nice. Um Pavel that night was like, "I'm going to go to the end of the trail and I'm going to go home because I don't want to have to go back," right? Like all of this I think it can do, but it's so slow going and we were like, that's actually a great idea. We didn't really think of it. I'm glad you did. It's less stress for you. We get back. Okay. So then the plan for day two was to go all the way to the end of the Rubicon up Cadillac Hill to observation point and then go back to camp. And I think if Pavel had come with us back, it would have been, it was a long day. Is Um, Pavel the Bronco? Yeah. Pavel's in the Bronco. Okay. It would have been, it would have been, we wouldn't have gotten back that same day. It would have been like three in the morning or something. Um, and he would have been super stressed out and we would have had to spot a lot and so on and so forth. So, uh, I'll skip ahead to the end of day two. Pavel makes a top observation point and drives out on the dirt road. That's like 10 ish miles that finishes out the Rubicon and goes into Lake Tahoe and then drove home. Um, there are more things that happen along the way, but that's kind of the the spoiler alert. So, or the spoiler rather. Um, so we started our journey on day two. Um, we jump straight into the V-notch, which let me see. I think this this is it. <laughs> Excuse me, this is it. Um, so I'll save that one. We're at nine. Um, which is it's just a really cool um V-notch, just made out of granite. Drive the drive the vehicles through it. It's not super technical, um, but uh. It was fun. And then we went past Arnold's rock, which is, well, there's just lots of crawling. And then here's, well, here's one of the views. Also beautiful. This Arnold's rock is over here somewhere. Okay. Um, Gotcha. And it's just a big rock that you have to kind of avoid. Um, So it's a, there's a few options around it, how you could go. Um, Some are super tight. Some are super rock crawly and flexy. And some are just like a really tight turn like I had to do a three point turn (laughs) three point turn when we were going back at night. So, um, but yeah, the, the view over the Valley is just spectacular. Um, the continuous views, the whole trail. Um, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm so stoked every, every time I look out, I'm like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. You know, here's one of the, Porta potties oh nice uh yeah then we continue now we're on what i believe is indian trail um which is kind of like more granite slabs but less bowl shaped um there's a lot more trees going in them and a lot more rocks kind of you know not stacked but they've been added because they don't want people tearing up the the landscape by like beating on their shit um, but it's not an easy trail, despite the fact that it is constantly changing and sometimes it gets easier and sometimes it gets harder. Um, I think right now the Rubicon trail is probably a little bit on the easier side compared to what it was 10 years ago or something, but still it's, it's, it's an unrelenting trail. That's, that's for sure. So, um, yeah lots of cool flexy moments um we kind of got into a traffic jam finally this is the first time that we'd seen any traffic or any traffic jam right um as these like toyotas were driving backwards along the way there's a 70 series it's super cool there's this 40 series it's got this like it looks like an earth roamer but right not you know like uh i guess it's an fj45 if it's a cab and pickup bed and they took the pickup bed and put on like a
1: an aluminum know. box aluminum, looks like something you would haul like animals in or something i don't know right i think it's like i don't know if it's custom made
0: but it's kind of go fast campery but i think this opens up into a camp kitchen it looks very ute-y, like australian yeah yeah i totally get it um the guy's right. <laughs> the guy driving it smoking a cigar and like just like a caricature of a man it's great That's not the so right i have word. to ask
1: you mentioned earlier uh your buddy with a bronco was talking about going to the end and then running back. Does that mean that you can run the Rubicon in any direction? Yes. Okay. There's not, it's not like so narrow that, like, sorry for you, you guys are touching bumpers and you both have to go backwards. Like,
0: there are definitely places to pass. It's not a narrow trail in general. There's a there couple of
1: obstacles that are one rig wide.
0: Exactly. And so okay. there's plenty of space to pass especially on the slabs like you can fit two or three rigs wide um and people are generally pretty like friendly like if if you got a bigger group they're like come on like go on it's okay like you can go or it just it's kind of like whoever is the least inconvenienced by pulling off kind of does um mm-hmm. but yeah everybody was just really friendly like a lot of times we let people pass sometimes people let us pass so yeah you just everybody respects everybody else and it seemed like people respect the trail a lot too which is really interesting um i really was happy with how little trash i saw on the trail um and not a lot of like pointlessly beating on your rig or the trail to like get up an obstacle um if only that was everywhere i know i listened to episode 220 of snail trail i keep saying it but like the amount of work that the Rubicon trail foundation and others have done to make sure that the trail not only stays open, but is environmentally friendly and all this stuff, like which is important to keep it open is immense. Um, so, so then we get to Buck Island Lake, which is a not natural lake. It's got this dam here. Um, and there's like this optional climb, um, which I, Failed pretty spectacularly at just because mm-hmm. I'm bellying out
1: hard. Oh yeah, it's like a freaking um, flat up wall. Like it's it's I don't even know how to describe it. It's just a wall. It's just a flat yeah, it's wall.
0: it's a it's a wall. And the right rear tire is I don't think touching the ground when I get further up. So if that was a um,
1: Mickey, it would have been touching the ground. That's, that's
0: right. That's right. Yeah.
1: Damn Patagonia. Patagonia not being as big,
0: even though it's the same size. That's right. I'm not gonna post the the hill climb, but I am gonna post this like just epic picture of buck island lake like really
2: picturesque Mm -hmm. we
0: took a swim there too because we were like we might as well um we were waiting for a couple people i think um at that point and so we just were like let's catch up and take a take a swim have lunch and then we continued on
1: i know i should say this for the patreon but did you guys skinny dip or did you wear like some clothes into the lake
0: I wore everybody wore some clothes. In fact, I think everybody
1: knew to like bring a swimsuit. So I I was not sure how that worked. Like you're like, do I really want to get in here and get some of my clothes wet? Because then what do I do with my wet clothes? Or I just jump in naked.
0: No, we, we wear clothes. Um, I think that would be distasteful to not.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess, I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? It's a lake. It's not like you're getting the lake dirty. It's just people would have to see your wiener.
0: Yeah, you're right. But there's, people with kids so yeah so probably not a good idea yeah Yeah, don't skinny dip on the rubicon at least wear underwear um yeah so then there's just a lot of uh rock crawling and just the whole trail is basically a rock garden even in between the obstacles so it's not fast going um but there's tons of picturesque views of rivers and stuff that you're crossing and we get to the green bridge which I think is after big sluice i think um
2: and we ran into this guy
1: it's a
0: it's tyler uh in kermit um oh, from uh-huh. snail trail got it um we got to see his un- unbelievably wide <laughs> more than full width axles um which i'll explain to you are Fabricated housings with super king pins, so they're king pins, but they can run the fifteen fifty super duty shafts, but
1: they're fabricated, then why didn't you just make it narrower?
0: uh, I'll tell you why um okay stop uh, no, I'm just kidding. uh, keep asking questions, but it's also got Toyota ten and a half inch third members from I think a Tundra.
1: what the fuck, okay
0: this thing these axles are very cool and very bespoke. um the reason why it's so wide is because. Tyler got a good deal on a 36 spline inner 35 spline outer rear axle shafts which the Toyota 10.5 I guess has 36 spline inners and then okay. all the Dana components are 35 so he's able to run drive slugs in the rear um, and then the front I think <sighs> uses standard super duty 1550 shafts so that determined the width of the front axle
1: Got it. so he didn't want to run custom like the axle shafts and so the axle yep. housings are just wide
0: yeah, I, I guess the inner shafts on the front might be thirty six plane. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. Um, but he talked through a lot of it. And the fabrication, so the front part of the frame is fully custom, and they like connected it into the factory frame, of course. And they did a phenomenal job. They even kept the VIN plate. They put a little window so you could see the VIN stamp on the on the original frame. Uh-huh. And they continued it forward, and the welds are all perfect. And he was like, the welds look too good to cover up, so he clear coated it all. Wow. It's pretty neat. Like it's a really nice job and it's fully linked three link front, three link rear coil overs, the whole, the whole nine yards. And it's lower and wider. And I think he's really happy with it. Uh, uh, from okay.
1: the limited view I'm getting, it looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. I didn't get a picture of it myself. I'm glad somebody did. Um, so Yeah, I think we get to the bottom of Big Sluice, and then we cross the Green Bridge. um, And then we head towards Rubicon Springs, which is one of the other campsite options. It's about two-thirds into the trail. And uh, there's no pictures of it here because we didn't take pictures. Um, Then we go up Cadillac Hill, and I think we're starting to get pretty late in the day. I think we got to the top of Cadillac Hill at about 4 p.m. and that means that we have to go all the way back to Spider Lake for those that are staying. So um again, probably made it up Cadillac Hill, made it down Big Sluice. Um, I think they had filled in some of the really big holes, which is probably a good thing for the Bronco. Um, because he got down unscathed. You know, I mentioned I think it's just sliders got dented and you know, a bunch of undercarriage scraping, but otherwise made it through. Um and we make it to observation point. I will post this really corny picture of me in front of my truck.
1: Uh, You're wearing your hat backwards, Derek.
0: I was taking pictures of everybody's with my DSLR, so you have to. Oh, Derek.
1: Sorry, Mike. I'm sorry I've disappointed you. Yeah. I really liked everything up until this point. Plus, you're wearing boots with shorts. Oh my gosh.
0: Remember we went swimming. (laughs) Uh, Boots and
1: shorts, got a backwards hat on.
0: You know what? Fuck you, Mike. I don't give a shit what you think. I was most—I was just focused on the Rubicon Trail,
1: and I didn't care how I looked. So you're living your best life, Derek.
0: I'm I just was living shit. my best life, dude. Such a good trail. We finished the Rubicon in two days. It's awesome. The story isn't over. I'm sure uh, it's not. All right. So Pavel leaves. Um actually the reason why it's only a few of us at observation point is because uh they in the Hummer had like there was i guess some sheet metal rubbing on one of his hydro assist lines and it eventually cut it um and so chuck had the right size like make your own hydro line fitting i I don't know what it's called but you basically like put some wrenches together and it connects to the hose so they cut the hose and put that on and got him back on the trail so we we got up to observation point because we we're like let's keep going with the bronco because it's the slowest and then they will catch up and i think he he got there like 20 minutes after so we made a sandwich and waited for him and then we headed back down and uh yeah so we got separated and i forget why I i really forget why because i didn't even write it down in my notes um but yeah, on the way back I was like so the my truck was able to do everything. Well, not everything. I didn't do little sluice and we didn't have time to do old sluice, but I'll get to that in the future. Um and so we kept going, but my shocks are so undersized and like the whole trip, the whole trail is like, you know, basketball size and slightly bigger rocks even in between the obstacles and so like we're getting beat up like you go over a rock and then you come down and then the truck oscillates two or three times and then settles and then you go over another one and then the same thing happens. so we're just like constantly getting beat up by the truck and like i put i got out at one point and like touched the shock and like you could tell it was like i couldn't hold my fingers on it for like more than a split second they were so hot because they were doing shit they weren't doing anything um and so we were getting beat up i literally have a bruise on my shoulder from like leaning out the window because um, i like lean against the door to like stick my head out the window to see what's going on like it's it was it was brutal and we had to go back to like i don't know seven or eight miles of just constant constantly being beaten beaten up on the trail
1: um before you so. scroll too far the photo either actually either that your mouse was just on or in the bottom center. It, if you look at it from far away, it looks like your truck has like 22 inch wheels. Doesn't like, it? Yeah. Did you notice that too?
0: Oh, uh, the, the, the wheels are just covered in dirt and mud. Um, it and just the, so and happens this-
1: that the center section is like wet and the rest isn't. And so it makes it look like the wheels are huge.
0: Yeah. The, we, I think we had just gone through like a little bit of mud yeah. Um. And the sun is setting, and so like everything looks super dark. Um. This one I I'm not gonna post, but it's on my Instagram. Um. Man Blues Freak. Uh. So you can see that one. That's just we got to the top of Big Sluice, and we were way ahead of everybody. So we just kind of took a break, and I was like, "This is a good photo op." Like it's about to get dark, and it did get dark. Um. Shortly after this, I finally got to turn on my rock lights with my my knuckle lights. Ooh. Um. And so this is at the top of Big Sleuths, whoever would like to check uh, my Instagram. And that's when the pictures stop on day two, because it was dark basically right after that. The sunset's quick. Um, and I think we got into camp around, gosh, I don't even know. This picture was taken at 7.20 p.m. and I, it at least was an hour, probably hour and a half to two hours before we got back to camp. So we got back to camp at like nine something, um, which is not terrible, but it was a long day. We we started at like seven 30 or eight we got back at like nine something and we did two thirds of the Rubicon twice. Um, so we made dinner, sat around the fire for a little bit and then went to sleep. Um, and that is that my friends is the end of day two. Oh, actually I remember why the group got separated real quick. So remember that Kevin has the K five buggy thing and yep. schnorts to shit um, early on. Well, they fixed it. They put it back together without hydro assist, with the cap on, um, and he was finishing the rest of the trail. The pitman arm came loose. Every single drag link end came loose, and he was constantly stopping to tighten them. And I think it. I think the thing did more damage than we thought it was because eventually the Steering box just stopped having power steering, I believe.
1: What the hell?
0: Yeah, it was real bad. So he Why do it took you have him like a hundred steering issues. Because he probably broke a bunch of stuff when he came down on the front. I mean, I guess. Damn. I don't know, man. It was like a hard hit. Hard enough hit to bend the wheel, break the shock, and like things were flexing enough. He had like a skid plate above his steering box. And I don't think it hit. I think it was the pressure the overpressure broke the the fitting like it was just so much pressure that it broke the part that that the fitting threaded into, yeah, so it was like a big hit um is yes. I think it did a lot of damage, and it just slowly like the damage got worse throughout the day so so he makes it back to camp. he's like, "I'm not bringing this on day three. um it won't make it back to Loon Lake, the last third of the trail if i if I beat it up too bad, so um yeah. Uh I was going to move on to day 3, but man, we've been talking for a long time. I told you there'd be tons of content.
1: Yes, you did. We should probably cut her out and uh carry it on next time we podcast.
0: That's right. Um I'll it's 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 I didn't write down everything that happened on day 3 because it was a good day. More calamity ensued and I don't think anybody will guess what the calamity is. Um, unless they
2: stalk Instagram which
0: mm-hmm. feel free to do it but I'll tell the full story on the next episode of Total Off-Road Podcast I believe you will so but recap day two epic day Rubicon is beautiful Rubicon is relentless Rubicon is really fun Um, even though I was getting beat up I, st- I was still just so happy like it's been a dream of mine to do the Rubicon and like the fact that I did soup bowl was like a huge, a huge thing. Um, I'm really happy that I was able to, cause like I've been watching rigs go up soup bowl and like, I think I could do it, but I just don't know. Um, And even with a little bit of mud at the front, I was able to get up. So I'm really happy about that. And then, so the plan for day three, I say the plan specifically was to do, the rubicon trail foundation loop they added about i actually don't know how big it was but they say like two to four hours depending on your rigs capability to do it um and it's kind of down off the trail and again private property owned by the rubicon trail foundation um and so nobody in the group had done it before so we all, we all didn't know what to expect which was kind of fun and interesting for me because it's like oh you know, it's new to me and it's new to them. Like everything else was yeah. not new to them.
1: They won't have an um, advantage. They won't know just the perfect line or something. And...
0: Yeah, I mean, they're all very experienced wheelers, but like, yeah, you're right. Um, and so but they won't have the advantage of uh, having yeah. done it
1: like 10 times before or something.
0: Totally. And so the plan was to do the Rubicon Trail Foundation loop um, and then go check out Old Sluice, which is, I think, still the hardest obstacle and section of the trail. It's not very long, but it's it's really extreme. Um, I didn't know if I could do it. There's like a squeeze rock that like you, you know, Chris who has the Hummer with the exo cage on it, is like, yeah, I always stick my exo cage into it. Um, so I, pr- if I had taken that line, I probably would have bent in my whole cab and glass and everything, but there is a bypass, um, which I plan to take. Um, and I'll leave it at that. So, We'll talk about day three and then the drive back um, on the next episode. So I had a blast. Rubicon was amazing. And I need to fix my fucking steering.
1: <laughs> Man, it looks so beautiful. I would absolutely love to come visit you and do some wheeling. I mean, obviously, I'd probably have to, you know, ride along. It'd be great to drive out there and wheel, but... I don't know it's how realistic a that is. Yeah, it's a, Well, it's a definitely a long drive, but just uh, at the moment, I'm not sure how likely it is. It'd be wonderful yeah. to make the drive out and actually go wheeling with you in my rig, but we'll see if that ever happens.
0: Well, you're totally welcome to ride with me. Um, it's not far. I could probably do the whole Rubicon just straight through in one direction in two days, or we can take it easy and do it in three days. Um, so you're welcome anytime, man. I'll definitely
1: try to figure out how to get out there. Sweet, it looks amazing, Derek. I loved it. Um, uh, the the photos, man. Like, I mean, we we could talk about it, and I hope the listeners enjoyed it. But I feel like the photo, even just the photos, are breathtaking. I can't imagine what it was like to actually be there.
0: Yeah, this is like the I climbed up the the mountain. To take a picture of our camp before we packed up or I think we were already pretty much packed up. You can see there's no tents out, but oh we got to hit the trail and I was like, I got to get a picture of this. It's so great.
1: Yeah. I'm, I I would like to think that the Rubicon is one of those places that you actually do stop to enjoy the scenery instead of just whiz by because you're so focused on wheeling and you're like, what what was going on? Were there were there trees?
0: We did. Um, we tried to as much as possible. I mean, day two was pretty like, let's get the Bronco through because we got a long drive back. Um, but we did get to see it twice, which was cool. Um, and you know, I think the, the better way to do it is just, is just drive through. Um, it's just, I think it's hard when you trailer your rig. So this is one instance where having a, a street driven rig is actually beneficial. Um, because you can just leave out the other side and drive back mm-hmm. from there. So Um, Maybe once I
1: get that Dana 60 in there, I'll have a street driven rig. I mean, it's already street driven, but maybe I'll be a little more confident in it.
0: There you go. Um, Yeah. So the truck did great. It's not the story's not done yet. Stay tuned to see what other calamity ensues. Um, But uh, didn't pop a tire or anything like that. I'm sure I'm glad that I had the spare, though. Uh, So, yeah.
1: Peace of mind.
0: I don't know what keeps making noises. We better end this because I don't know if it's going to stop recording or some shit.
1: <laughs> oh shit. I don't know. All right. Should we shout out some sponsors?
0: Let's shout out our partners. Well, I'm going to hey. start with complete off road. I kind of already said the phone number earlier, but it's five, six, three, five, eight, three, five, three, six, three. Uh, Chris definitely helped me out. We've got our discount code. I think it's top 10. I hope it's top 10. um, and you give him a call, except right now, because he's going to be at core. And actually, he's on ultimate adventure right now. Or they just got back.
1: They just got back. I actually yeah. had him give me some shocks ordered today because he just got back. Yeah. Yep. Or it maybe looks... it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday. I don't know. I, I can't it was, remember. It was Sunday. But, or it was Monday that Monday. they got back. What, wait, what is today? Tuesday?
0: I actually don't know when they got back. So today's Tuesday.
1: Yeah, yesterday he got back. He must have got back Sunday night because yesterday he ordered me some shocks. I think he was back in the office.
0: Man, they must have hot shotted from wherever they were back home. It's a long yeah. drive. Guess so. Um, yeah, so complete off-road.
1: And crawler off-road for when you need recovery gear. Man, Rick posted something in one of the group chats the other day saying, Hey, if you guys need any crawler gear and you're going to be at core, you know, save shipping and order now. And I really wanted to get a winch rope for the trailer winch but also i didn't expect to have to buy four trailer tires right before this trip and that pretty much took all my fun money and uh, threw it out the window so uh i guess i'm gonna have to deal with that steel cable a little bit longer
0: yeah i mean fortunately towing a rig onto a trailer with a steel cable is probably a lot less dangerous than recovering a vehicle with steel cable exactly yeah
1: it's fine it's just that that steel cable is all kinds of frayed it's It Mm -hmm. went through some hell when we made the move because I had to like yank everything onto the trailer Mm -hmm. because essentially nothing ran. So
0: (laughs) just make sure you wear leather gloves, man.
1: Oh yeah, always do. Always do. Uh
0: morflate for your inflation and deflation needs. They just came out with that new compressor that's got like
1: the pressure shot. Magic inside.
0: Magic inside. And I think they have a six wheel uh morphlate now for your dually or your six by six. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. um, I need to talk to Tyler because I have my old school squid, tire squid that I had before they were selling these things, and it's just annoying. So, I know I keep saying it, but I really need to get one.
1: (laughs) Uh, You can't forget about Jacob for all your fabrication and fun parts. It's Jacob's signature series, FabricationParts.com. Is that? It's Off Road it, Anonymous, but I told him that he should change the company's name to just Jacob. Wow. Well, did he like listen? a designer brand? You know, it's like Jacob's signature series. Like it has his signature. Yep. And that's all it is. And like all yep. the parts have like a little laser engraving of
0: Jacob. Well, that sounds great, but you should go to Off-Road Anonymous instead, people.
1: In in case you want fabrication parts. If you actually
0: want fabrication parts, you should yeah, go to Off Road yeah. Anonymous. <laughs> all kinds of fun
1: stuff. And um, and of course Milwaukee packout cut mats. Of course, of course, of
0: course. Uh Summershine Polishing <laughs> products. Uh help Steve out. I know he's busy, but I think he would prefer to have the business. Um if you want your not shiny stuff to be shiny, get some Summershine products.
1: And if you bought a swag pack,
0: you got some. So great. You did. Go try you got it. Get some out.
1: of that ceramic spray.
0: Yeah. I don't know if everybody has theirs yet. Hopefully everybody does, because y'all are leaving for core soon. Um, I got mine, and I'm stoked about it. The flag is super nice, and I'm gonna gloat about it for forever, so that the next time there's a swag pack, you people f- remember to buy one.
1: My flag, I took off. I took my industrial strength zip ties and zip tied it to my flag pole the other day. Hopefully, that holds up. I guess you we'll should, see. You
0: should put like something through your pole so that it doesn't slide off if there's a bunch of trees, because that's how I lost my last one. It's, it's a
1: fiberglass like, pole. What are you supposed to do?
0: I don't know. Put like a teeny tiny hose clamp at the top of it or something.
1: Something that's like really strong. So what I did then it worked for the last one is I put several layers of sh- heat shrink. Yep. At the top and then shrunk it down and then I zip tied around the heat shrink so that it like cinched it in. There you and go. And like created like a like a divot and that seemed okay. to work. It didn't, so I, just, I did the I, same
0: thing on my last one. It didn't work for me, but
1: hopefully it works better for you. I guess I'm gonna find out this weekend. You're gonna find out. Yeah. And we can't forget about rad designs for when you want a shifter for your rig. You need a custom you get... shifter. You want to get shifty. Yeah, you beat me to it. I know. Yeah. I heard you about to say it. That's why I said it. Like you want it to get shifty. Him. Rad designs shifters. And recently somebody found that you can install some, I think like bell bicycle <laughs> cup holders to the shifter. Is was it was ah. a bell? I don't know. But I think that, uh, the rig that complete off road just built for bubble rope. I'm pretty sure they installed cup holders to the side of the shifter. And Rory was like, oh, my God, what are those? I need to know. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) Because they fit perfectly and it almost looked like it was meant to be there.
0: The only better cup holder that you could attach to that shifter comes from Offroad Anonymous,
1: but we all know that. Of course.
0: Oh, my God, you're you're using the FSC koozie. It says free candy on the bottom.
1: Oh, did you see the free
0: candy? (laughs) Yeah, I saw the free candy. So good.
1: Yeah, I'm using an old school uh, koozie, a uh, truck club that me and Derek are still in, but used to be associated with full That site probably no longer exists. Now we're just FSC Midwest. And, uh, but I still have one of the old school koozies here. that has the we old made logo. our own koozies. Yeah.
0: And it says free candy on the bottom, so when you take a sip, people see that.
1: Exactly. It's the best. It is the best. Uh, that's all, right? That's all the sponsors. I think that we... Did the thing.
0: Mike, yeah. you got any last words? Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I
1: do it. I guess just because it's been both on both of our minds lately and we both use this both lately. Uh, have a guy when it comes to off-road parts. And for us, it's Chris at Complete Off-Road. And when I say have a guy, I mean that when I need a part. I don't like go scour the internet or I don't like try to compare shit. I literally am like, Hey Chris, this is what I need. And he's like, I'll take care of it. It does. He's my guy in the off-road world. He's like, this is your price. This is when I can have it. He's like, and I'm like, I need this length something. Okay. got you. I need this, whatever. He's like, all right, got you. Like he basically is just, he's just your guy. Like you don't have to do all the BS. You just say, I need this. And he's like, all right. Yep. He he knows
0: almost everything there is to know about off-road parts, and so even when you're when like I don't
1: need a part. I asked him something about an LS swap the other day. I was like, "Hey, well, these injectors fit this intake." He's like, "Yep, done it."
0: Yeah, but like, it make sure just that crazy. you also just, spend some money at Complete Off-Road. I mean, obviously you should. Yeah, yeah,
1: should yeah. i just mean that not only is not only is Chris my guy when I need parts, but he's just such a such a wealth of knowledge.
0: He really is. Support the guy that supports you and yeah that's great advice um i think that is it for this episode 184 of the total off-road podcast thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the rubicon trail
1: oh damn not
0: we'll see what i use yeah i'm not sure Uh, this might be the bonus i might not even have to edit out the bonus (laughs) thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the trail 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 actually i'm gonna redo it okay what's up everybody um i just wanted to add this little extra snippet at the end of the main um because kyle mang is a rock star and i want everybody to know that he's been Putting together a whole bunch of stuff for core or Caternote. Um, and I didn't think that he was gonna be able to edit this and upload this episode tonight, um, but he is. Um, even with as busy as he is, he's gonna get it up here by midnight. So you guys will have some content to see and hear um on the 13th, um, unless something catastrophic happens, of course. But I'm gonna make him add this to the end of the main so that. I can say specifically, thank you, Kyle. You're amazing and honestly a big part of why Total Offered Podcast is still continuing to be a podcast. So everybody listening, please show Kyle some love. That's all. We'll catch you on the trail.